There's my boy. You know, you just the same size as your brother, but you feel so different. Feel his shoulders, O'Keefe. You rock hard. I'm good. Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. Sorry. <laughs> Intrusion by Tully, who decided it was time for him to go on the air. Yeah, why not? You know, I, that, I mean, he, at least he did a respectful thing and didn't show his asshole, which most cats do when there's a camera about. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, give it time, Lowenstein. <laughs> um, so we are we we have made it all the way to episode two. Of, you of, make it sound like there's a long journey behind that. We've still got six to go. Yeah, well, I mean, we do, we do. And, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, 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 all right. Before we get into slasher, let's, let's get this part out of the way this week. They announced that there is going to be a slasher season five. Yeah. And have we called it? Yeah. A babe ruthed it. I pointed to the rafters and said right there, ladies and gents, um, get you were like, uh, and guess what else they renewed as well while they were at it. What oh uh, the what did they renew? Creep show. Oh, that's been right, renewed right, right, right. for a fourth season. The third season has been critically panned. Like, but they're like, let's just keep doing them. I because mean, I if, get that, if people are watching I, it, you know. Well, this is the thing. This is how it's interesting because there's a, a lot of people moan about like the Netflix model. Like Netflix will do one season or something and be like, uh-uh, you know, the first. You know, the first two weeks numbers are not where we thought they were going to be, so it's getting it's getting the chop. People are like, well, two weeks isn't enough time. Kinda is like by streaming standards nowadays because of the amount of content that comes out. Like if you're not if you're not essentially on board with something straight away when it comes out, you know, that weekend or that first week. It's lost the following week because Netflix is going to keep putting stuff out. Amazon Prime's got stuff. Hulu, Shudder. You know, all these all these companies are doing the same thing. Shudder, however, is the is maybe the exception to the rule because from the for their point of view, because of their viewership, they can afford to drop a TV show that takes you know a month, two months to land because they're not producing a huge amount of original content. It's mostly you know, maybe four new titles a month uh, and lots of old shit. Um, so that new stuff is always going to relatively trend quite well. And I think nowadays, if you are subscribed to Shudder, I don't see people, I'd love to see the numbers. I can't see people canceling the Shudder subscription. It doesn't cost a lot. And it's that thing where on a Saturday night, if you want to watch something trashy or a bit highbrow or anything kind of horror related, it's kind of got your back covered, so you're fine there. So I, I, I get the feeling that like a creep show is always going to get renewed because, like you mentioned the last time, brand name is brand recognition. The creep show brand is just, you know, it's, it's going to get people checking out. You don't have to follow. You can jump in at any, any point on that. You can watch them in any order. It doesn't really matter. The slasher thing, though, that's the bit that confuses me because I just can't imagine... Uh, that it, w- it was a huge pull for them. I might be wrong. I might be the asshole here, but I, I genuinely can't imagine that Slasher moving to Shudder generated tons of people subscribing. I don't. Uh, I don't know that if it if it's people subscribing because of Shudder, but I mm. think it's people who have Shudder that are watching it. Why? Why? I, I mean, look. <laughs> hey, 
I god damn it. That that's the mystery I think we're ultimately trying to solve. Yeah. Between ourselves. Your cat is just having a ball today. It's just like that. It's just like, what's that? Want to record ball? Man, no, you don't. He is all right, not to get into pet stories. Uh, but I uh, he ended up dying, Duncan, and I buried him in the Micmac Cemetery. <laughs> And ever since then, <laughs> he's been a real jerk. Uh, it smells weird. Um, yep. No, Did he... you bury him up the road? <laughs> <laughs> the soil of a man's cat, Estonia, Lewis. Um, <laughs> no, the, like, the, you know, as you know, not, not long ago, I got a dog. Yes. And so there has Who been... Who is perfectly well-behaved in the background. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, other people can't really see this on you can like people on the stream can see the very yeah. corner of his his crate. But yeah, he is just adorably curled up with his stuffed animals sleeping yeah. like an angel. Mm-hmm. And uh, but there has been a bit of a like jostling for position in yeah. the household as far as attention goes cuz that is that is finite. Mm-hmm. And so uh the cat has become more insistent when it, he decides it is time that it, it he is to be pet, there yeah. there is no stopping it. Um, <laughs> sh- short of again burying him in the Micmac burial ground. So uh, in terms of, in terms of slasher though, this is the first one where they're actively like doing a period piece. Yeah, which is what which like to me, I think slasher struggles to set things and you know, normal time with language and dialogue that people actively speak that, you know, I, I, it gives me great concern that we're, one, we're doing a kind of riff on Jack the Ripper, which has been, excuse the pun, done to death. Oh. Uh, and and two, we're doing, a, you know, like, it's, well, it's not, you know, it's, he's kind of Robin Hood Jack the Ripper, from what I've read. He doesn't kill prostitutes, he kills wealthy people. Yeah, I mean, look, Aaron Martin is nothing if not topical, and this whole eat the rich idea, which would have been relevant, you know, eight to fifteen years ago. Oh yeah, he's yeah, getting yeah. around to now. Yeah, um, yeah. Eh, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, <laughs> so are, but, but so the question I think people would ask is: Are we ultimately going to do that season? Maybe. Maybe we're still debating. It's a it. while away. Yeah, yeah, it's a while away. We're gonna we're gonna do Pink Panther after this, and 100%. that's a series of movies. And that's yeah, that's gonna keep us going for a good couple of months, and then we should have time to do something else. Uh, which I'm, I, I believe it will be Bo's pick at that point. Um, and Bo brings something, and we'll get through that, and then we'll see when it's coming out. It's, it's going to be on Shudder. We both have Shudder, so there's no issue about getting access to it it's just the it's the will to do that you know maybe if we've been riding high watching really good quality stuff we want to slum it again um because you you do get more interest and fun conversations when you're you're actively pointing out the flaws and something that's that's been made but at the same time though this has been by the time we finish it'll be almost one year and four months worth of us going through slasher and you just have to let us, let us yeah. be. <laughs> it, and it's not, it's, it's not worth it. You know, mm. like that's the thing is we've spent a lot of time on this 
and we've had a good time. Don't get me wrong. It's and, been fun. Yes. yes. But in terms but. of just like, this is a thing that we are consistently watching time and again. I mean, it w- like we'll see how we feel when we're on the other side of Pink Panther and then something else yeah. and, you know, something that in theory is going to be more entertaining and, and a little bit more substantive. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm already thinking of like, well, <laughs> when it's my pick, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, uh, you know, I'm like, is it all just going to be, uh, you know, low budget garbage like I normally watch? Is it all? Is it, we'll decide. We'll we'll figure something we'll, out. We've, we've got to pull any team. We've got to pull any yes. team. It's not out. All right. So. Um, let us begin with our usual shenanigans, which is to discuss a movie, good and bad, that we have seen since last we recorded. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, you know what, I'll tell you what, I'm going to kick this off because it's something that we talked about kind of in, in chatting to one another. Yeah. And I just want to, I just want to have this conversation, but I finally caught up to Nightmare Alley and holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what an amazing movie i mean it's it's up there for me with the best thing del toro's ever done i think so i think i think you could easily argue top three and then i think you can maybe even squeeze in top two uh like i i think it's that i think it's still so fresh in my mind that give it a couple of years time i think i'll be talking about things like like pan's labyrinth and nightmare alley almost in the same the same breath as as such maybe the, I, what i said to you was it felt effortless i think del toro just has that it just has a, almost a, a capacity now of just churning out a very kind of stylized very thought-provoking deep character studied almost kind of dark fairy tale subject matter at just the highest level and I, I genuinely don't feel when I watch his movies now that he's ever really flexing. It just kind of feels like, yeah, this is this is my cinema, and I love that about it. I mean, it's it's like from the from the set design to the story itself, but particularly the casting. I thought the casting was about as as good as I've ever seen. Um, just across the board, there was what not one bit of casting that didn't didn't just like surprise like i said before willem defoe is always going to be great for those roles where he has to yeah. do like loads of dialogue and be really sinister about it but richard jenkins is fucking incredible in it like he's an incredible actor already but he is absolutely jaw-droppingly great at it so and and has one of those moments where you're like what did he just say like I know, <laughs> like there's like a, a reveal of that character, of that char- yeah. Uh, where even Bradley Cooper is like, "Look, I'm a scumbag, but even I yeah. think maybe yeah. you have crossed." Like, what? What do you mean? What? Did, what did you do? Yeah, yeah. And his his, his assistant being um, did from Mindhunter. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. which was great scene as well. Him him appearing uh and that sort of role, but just across just across the board, it's just a. It's an incredible movie. And like I say, from about 20... As soon as Defoe has, you know, they've dropped the geek off at the hospital and they're having steak and eggs and Defoe starts spelling things out, you know what the ending is. You know what the end of the movie is. Yeah. But the you want to follow it through to 
find it how you get there and you get the dizzying highs and then the 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 worst lows and that final bit of dialogue bradley cooper is phenomenal in it he's like yeah. uh, it's, it just it, it bowled me over I, and it's like the what like like i said to you before like i, I was with um like my two friends i go to the cinema with and they felt the movie was a tad long and i was like that give me another half an hour in this world mm-hmm. and it would have done absolutely nothing to quell my interest I think I've used this quote a number of times, but it's the Roger Ebert thing of no good movie can be too long and no bad yeah. movie can be too short. Mm-hmm. And and Nightmare Alley, and I think I may have even made this comparison to you, it hit me the way that like a Zodiac does, where it's just like, yeah. I just want to live in this movie. I oh, want it's this so movie. tangible. Yeah, I, I want to be in this world. And even though all the characters, not all, but most of the characters, like a solid 90%, are just despicable people Yeah, <laughs> that I just want to like, I want to hear them talk. I want to see what they do day to day. Like I just loved everything about it. It's such a, a, a whole vision that yeah. del Toro yeah, yeah. has of this circus and the people in it and the life that they're leading. And you're right. That will Defoe bit where, you know, he's describing like, how do you get a circus geek? Yeah. And when, when he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Withhold, the the booze from him for a couple of days and yeah. oh he'll geek all right and yeah like, you'll get yeah oh and like you said you know where the movie's headed but yes yeah. that last moment uh i've never seen a better example i don't think of somebody laugh crying oh it's it's, it's been as there's such a there's a there's there's a relief and agony in equal measure as as just He's so, and I don't know what I've never been the biggest fan of Bradley Cooper. I, I think he's a fine actor, mm-hmm. but I've never been like, yeah, this guy, this guy right here. But that, like, if ever there was a performance which completely 100% sold me on an actor, it was that. I thought he was absolutely incredible because it got the, it got the mix of because he is an attractive looking guy, mm-hmm. charm, charisma, uh, a bit of you know a bit of villainy in there, and then by the end just like broken like absolutely broken uh, uh yeah mm. it's it's that it's, uh, it's, it's so good dude <laughs> it's something i was so happy it got nominated for best picture too it's so yes. deserving yeah. um yeah. i haven't seen all the movies on the best picture list i really want to see drive my car i, I keep hearing nothing but great yeah. things about that but um of the movies i have seen first of all what in the ever-living fuck is don't look up doing on that list but whatever <laughs> I mean, uh, I I under I'd like I I understand to an extent. It's the we're now have to like, everyone's been in lockdown. We have to cater to the Netflix crowd. I understand. I do understand that, and I, I understand that once again from a cast point of view, it it's too big a movie if you know what I mean with its cast not to not to be in Oscar contention. Um, but I'll I'll hit you with my good one, which please. is up for best picture as well. Uh, Licorice Pizza is oh. fucking incredible. Like absolutely brilliant. Like like just like another movie which the casting is on point. It has the it has the, the main character is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Yeah, yeah. And he's amazing in it. Like 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 you like watching it, I'm like that. Boy, did you just get all like all your dad's talent? Like like he's just Every time the camera's on him, you like you're like this guy's a leading man. I'd like it's so such a great performance. The the three sisters who are in the, the kind of pop 
group Hyam, uh, who I really like. They're all in it. In fact, the main female actress, uh, lead actress, is one of those sisters, and she's fucking great in it. But on top of that, they've got the casting is just weird. The, the casting is bizarre as fuck um, because their parents play their parents in the movie as well, and they're hilarious. Um, Bradley Cooper's in it. And guess what? Bradley Cooper's fucking amazing in it. Boy, yeah, um, he's having plays- a real like his moment has come right yes a hundred percent it kind of reminds me of that mcconaughey thing a couple of years ago where everyone was just like matthew mcconaughey can act like and he doesn't just do rom-coms um is that is on that level um but yeah it's a good and it's it's one of those ones where it's just like a snapshot a time it doesn't necessarily have a structured start middle and end so to speak um you're just kind of following through these different like set pieces that are being set up from a particular time, but it's it's brilliant. It's you know absolutely brilliant. So that was uh, I saw that at the cinema, and I'm really glad that I did because I don't know when I would have got around to seeing that at home. If you know what I mean, it's just one of those ones I would have shunted down the list more and more. But um, yeah, seeing that at the cinema I was just like, yeah, this is it's fucking great. So um, I think it probably will get some stuff. I don't know how well it'll do at the Oscars, but. Um, and the fact it got a nod is is kind of cool. Uh, I yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I, I like you know, I'm a I'm a PTA guy. Uh, I think he's amazing. He's uh, really 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 good. And it's, yeah. it's, there's a there's always that realm of surrealism in these movies, and kind of like the characters you meet are all kind of almost Coen Brothers esque in that he's got a great way of bringing characters in that feel grounded, but at the same time, other like characters that come in, you go, boy, that's a weird guy. <laughs> How did you write that? So, uh, yeah, it was really, really, really good. Great. Uh, all all right. So here's my <laughs> bad. With but, your bad. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, but with a caveat, right? Like this Ooh. is, it. it's not a great movie, but I had a real good time with it is, is sort of where we land with this one. And the, the movie is uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Is this the new one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So I've still, to, I've still to see this. I have it, but I've still to see it. So it is. Is it worth my time, Bo? Um, how how fond are you of the Resident Evil games? I love the Resident Evil games. Then well, you... certainly the first four. I played the first four. Yeah. So, so you should, at the very least, watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much a hey. Do you remember this from the game? <laughs> and. <laughs> but but like as a movie I, and i kind of wondered about this after i watched it was if you had never played any of the these games would this movie make a lick of sense and i oh, don't right. know that it would yeah but having seen or having played especially resident evil one and two which is kind of what the, this movie is sort of mashing those two games together Right. Okay, right. but it it is that it is not the Mia Jovovich, like, hey, what if we just have the name and some zombies? Yeah, this is very much. Here's the raccoon police department. Here's the yeah. mansion. We're gonna kind of do both of these things at once. Yeah, it, it's gonna be a little bit of a mess. It is the budget is certainly strained by what we're trying to pull off right. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh not everything is gonna look great but if you want to see neil mcdonough um mm-hmm. turning to a monster that's got eyeballs in his shoulder then you are going to get that i mean who doesn't want to see that so i mean i'm 
it, it was sort of my masturbatory fantasy for about six <laughs> or seven years. Uh, <laughs> but it like it has it's it's Chris Redfield and Leon Kennedy and I mean it it is the games. And yeah. like I said, I don't think it's a, a completely successful movie, but there's enough little stuff in it that I'm like, I'm just that kind of dope, right? It's like when the band mm-hmm. comes to your town and fits the name of your city into one of the songs. And you're yeah. like, oh my God, they know where I live. They know where they are. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. It's real dopey. Like uh, one of the first shots you get is um a woman at uh, like a nurse at a nurse's station and mm-hmm. there's a, a a a flyer pinned to the wall behind her that says like try first aid spray to heal your wounds you know stuff like that yeah. you're like i, I that's a thing from the game yeah 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 and <laughs> it's stuff like that like one of the first zombies you see uh that isn't totally zombied out yet is uh, has written on a door in blood, like itchy, tasty, and you're like, "I heard that's from the game." Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that kind of stuff. I I had a good time with it. Um, it is not terribly long, so it doesn't totally overstay its welcome. And it's yep. just it's just chock full of that of that moment of like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And it's enough fan service on that level that I. As much as I hate to admit it, it was like, I had fun with this. Mm-hmm. It's not great, but it, you know, if you've never played those first two games in particular, I don't recommend it. But yeah. if you have, I totally recommend it because it, it feels like I, somebody uh, in the group, in the, the uh, Dread, uh, Dark Parade group, said, like, this is the Resident Evil game, or Resident Evil movie you thought they were going to make the first time you heard that they were yeah. making a Resident yeah, yeah. Evil movie. Mm-hmm. So that's my mm-hmm. bad, even though it's not totally bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, my bad was terrible. So, Oh, um, go on. <laughs> right. I realized once again, there are certain, I think everyone just thinks I've seen everything and I, I genuinely haven't. Um, there are whole sections of cinema that just kind of escape me whole franchises that I, you know, I've just, I've never even taken part of, and I don't know why I'm doing this out with the fact that I hate myself, but Netflix now starts to tell you uh, when certain movies are being removed from their service. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> The Born Identity is, uh, was on the, on the screen as being removed on the 15th of February. Uh, it turns out all the Bourne movies are on Netflix in the UK and they're all coming off on the 15th of February. And I kind of sat there and thought to myself, I've never seen any of these. Oh. Like genuinely, I've never seen one of them. Um, I will never buy a Blu-ray box set, even if it costs me a pound. Uh, I'll never buy it. So, and you know, I don't know when it'll appear on a streaming service again. You know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to watch it. I'm just going to, you know, I'll, I'll give this first one a crack and see where we get to. Um, and it's bad. Like, it's, it's like I, I was surprised actually at how bad a movie it was. And I know there'll be people out there going, well, Duncan, it was 2002, right? I grant you, it was 2002. And I also know specifically, and I can now see it, like to me, there was always a weirdness where like the Bond movies, the Daniel Craig Bond movies became incredibly like grim and action and I could never understand why we made the jump from 
like the kind of Piers Brosnan era, which I was never the biggest fan of anyway, but Piers Brosnan was a relatively suave guy and it was all about spying and all the rest and then all of a sudden it became like, well, he's a one-man demolition army. You know, like I, I could mm-hmm. never quite grab that and it's clearly the post-born effect. Clearly, yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah. it's, you know, it's just like, well, well, that's what they're doing and people like that, so we need to do this. But... And I don't want to upset any born fans out there, but it's 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 terrible. It's like low rent Luc Besson. You know how Luc Besson does those kind of French-based assassin sort of. It's like low rent that. I think Matt Damon is terrible in them. <laughs> like I think he's he's acting is like almost Keanu Reeves, like kind of go, whoa, uh, kind of, you know, it's really, really, really bad. The stories, the sto- and when I say stories, I'm I've, I'm about halfway through the third one now, the Born Ultimatum. We're going to come back to this in a wee second though, because uh, I will watch them all and then I will never watch them again. I'm going to get through, I'm so far through them now, we might as well get all this done. Legitimately, the only thing that I thought uh, this is kind of interesting, is and it didn't even come into effect until the second movie <clears throat> was the inclusion of Brian Cox, who oh, yeah, yeah, famous yeah. famous Dundonian actor. Absolutely love him a bits. Um, you got you got to love Brian Cox if you're Scottish because he's Scottish. Um, he was the first Hannibal Lecter, Lecter with a K. Um, that, and I absolutely like love him, and he's and he's a tiny, 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 tiny little role in the first movie, like kind of just in the background, and then in the second movie. He is a more the role I would expect from him, circa two thousand and four, which was when he was in he's in one of those X Men movies, playing a very similar role. Uh, so Hollywood had just clearly typecast him at that point. Like you are suspicious CIA guy yeah. who controls things from afar. Um, but like, as the the action isn't great. Um, Matt Damon's not very convincing. Um, the, the female actress that plays beside him as a love interest isn't very good either. Um, oh, isn't that... The the, she's not very good. The From Run, Lola, Run. What is her yes. name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a great actress. Yeah, yeah. But she's not very good in this. Um, uh, the, Femke Potente? Ha- Potente? Something like that? I, I would love a Patenti. With a little bit of a, a strawberry reduction. It's, yeah, yeah. Ooh, oh. right on the side. Um, yeah, yeah, a little basil leaf. Um, but yeah, like there's a, there's a, and it suffers from that 2002 spy camera work. And every spy movie, they do the kind of, when someone yeah. like, it's fucking riddled with that. And it just gave me a headache. And I realized very, very, very quickly by the end of it, it had it basically ticked off a ton of cliches but not done them well. So I moved into the second movie thinking, right, two years later, we've got that one under our belt. Let's move on. Um, Let's give this one a try. And it's the same movie. It's Mm -hmm. almost identical. Like every single one of the movies, because I'm halfway through the third one, and they do the same thing again. Like, Bourne gets gets discovered, gets pulled back into something. He's framed for something. There is a bit where he says, he'll phone someone, he gets someone's phone number, he phones them and says, you need to be at this place in 30 minutes and uh, I'll phone you on a public phone or I'll phone you on a mobile or whatever. And when they arrive there, he directs them through a, a minefield of other agents. It's 
the, and none of it is good. Like none of it, none of it is good. Uh, and it seems to have the weirdest fucking casting in the world. Like, like the like the second movie, the, the assassins played by Carl Urban, who they've got playing a Russian hitman. Why not? Um, and and the third movie. Um, Try to think who was in the because the, the the assassin in the third movie is um, the Mexican guy from he's in that movie Domino. Um, can never remember the name of that. He's been in loads. He's been in loads. Yeah. Uh, he always plays kind of silent reserve killer guy. Uh, but he appears as a, a like an assassin, and then like on the other side, which is there's honestly it's like a a rogue gallery who's who of oh, why are you in here and why are you in this movie for three seconds like there's just lots of like famous faces appear in these movies essentially to be a character that you might be involved with something that jason Bourne shows up to speak to for two seconds and then fucks off out the movie um how four of these movies exist is beyond me like i genuinely don't Aren't understand how five i four. thought it was i thought there were five yeah i thought there was four. there were the three Matt Damon movies, and then there's like the Born. Uh, we need to make another one of these with Jeremy. There's Ritter. the Born Supremacies, the next one, I think, isn't well, it? Well, uh, all right, hold on, you're gonna force me. Jeremy Renner takes over from the well, briefly, but only for one movie. Uh, <laughs> and then and then they bring hang on, hang on, there's all right, Born Identity, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, Born Identity, Born Supremacy is number two, Born Ultimatum yeah, is number three, Born Legacy is the Jeremy Renner one. And so, he's not even in that, Matt Damon is not. And then, just a few years ago, there's a movie simply entitled Jason Born in which uh, Matt Damon no. returns to the series. So, there are five uh, movies total. Uh, I have to watch it, and the thing is, I'm going to have to watch them all now. And uh, they're not good. This is I, I, for the longest time. I like I've heard people talk about yeah the porn franchise and all the rest, and they're not good. I like really not the good. Born Supremacy. The third one I think is the best of them. Because, so that's the ultimatum one. That's yeah. the one I'm watching just now because it it kind of. It, it at least resolves itself mm. and and there's some good brian cox stuff in it so that's yeah. kind of the best of them but yeah it, that's the second one no you're thinking of the second one because brian cox dies in the second one. Oh, does he duncan yeah what are you are you pulling my i can't deal with this shit bro <laughs> I can't fucking deal with it, honestly. I can't, like, let me, don't let me fuck make, with me Hold here. on, let me make don't sure. Don't fuck with me here. Let He's me, in the second movie, he kills himself. He shits himself let, let me, in front of a witness. Uh Oh, no, no, no. Maybe I'm thinking of Joan Allen and Scott Glenn. Um, yeah, like, don't fuck with me here. Like, he, kill, he, he clearly kills himself yeah, in the right. second movie. But you're right. No, all, every movie is the same of, like, Oh my God, we're responsible for making Jason Bourne. I'm coming to get you. Holy shit, he came like, to get us. <laughs> the, the, literally, there's a, there's a bit where I was thinking to myself, so do we need to, like three movies into this, do, we, do I need someone from the CIA walking into a CIA room, like basically saying, what do you mean we don't have a tab on him? This is Jason fucking Bourne we're talking about here. Yeah. By this point, everyone knows it's Jason Bourne. Like, and, like why do they keep going after him? 
after the at the end of every movie, he seems to have some sort of handshake verbal agreement with him where he's like that, you don't fuck with me, I don't fuck with you, the world's fine. And then in the next movie, someone fucks with him. So he comes back. Right. I can understand doing that once, making the mistake once for the mm-hmm. second movie. I understand that. But by the time we're rolling into that third movie and someone's like poking the angry bear with a stick, I just I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. I don't understand why they're trying to link it back. I don't care where he came from. I don't care about Operation Threadbare or Threadfoot or Treadfoot or whatever it's fucking called. I don't care about Jason Bourne. I don't care about any of it. And I'm going to have to fucking finish watching it because I've started it now, Bo. And this is my life. I could be watching better. I could be watching Midnight Mass, Bo. You could. I could be watching you Midnight Mass. But instead, I'm watching Paul Feast fucking Wooden Matt Damon pretend to be an action star which he's not i think history is not going to be kind to matt damon as an actor the thing is there are performances of his that i enjoy but they tend to be ones where he's a bit more playful yeah yeah like i think he's fine as a side character like the oceans movies i think he's great in the oceans movies yes but he's a side character who kind of has to prove himself and he's having a bit of fun with it that's fine that's Matt Damon. I watched this one. Action star? Question mark? No. <laughs> it's like, like, I'm this great secret agent who like has 40 passports with all exactly the same photo on it. They know what I look like and I never change my appearance. I like it. Let me, let me just say how much I love the fact that you are just slaughtering a sacred cow here. Because a lot of people love those Jason Bourne movies. They love them. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, them. I saw the first yeah. three and then it was just never interested past that. Because yeah. I was like, well, it ended. I don't, just because, you know, as we have already <laughs> quoted in this episode, just because you can doesn't mean you yeah. should. And I and was it's fine. the Bond thing again. I yeah. think that's a, like like as obviously it's influenced by Bond and has influenced Bond. The idea that we can just spin up another one with a new actor, yeah, is that that's that's James Bond. Like, and then literally. and then that didn't work. Yeah. So they just bring back, but bring him Matt, back, Matt Damon, to yeah. try to squeeze a little more blood out of that turnip. He better got paid a lot of money I'm for sure that. He did, yeah. And, but so yeah, that's that's my. So by next time we speak, I will have finished all now five of them. <laughs> Only thinking there was four. You um, will have seen more than I ever will. So ugh. you know, there's but that. Yeah, that's that's my cross to bear, Boran. Still, but let's talk about something infinitely better. No, that's not. Yeah, it's not infinitely. Better yeah, that, I mean, that's. Worse. Would you rather watch five? jason Bourne movies or would you rather watch one season of slasher that's a, a question uh, philosophers yeah. have been asking for decades i'd probably watch the Bourne movies at this stage yeah like back back at like season two slasher i probably would have been like ah there's they're only 40 minutes eight of them's less time than five movies yeah i'll do that because math but at this point i'm like even the math doesn't help it uh so <laughs> yeah so let's let's get into IMDb is already updated with the, the fact that there are going to be four uh, or five seasons. Um, so I you were about to say IMDb is just updated to say there's going to be another Bourne movie, and I was about to kill myself on camera. Uh, like Brian so. Cox. Um, <laughs> He's such a good actor, man. He's such... Like, you would not know, listening to him, you would not know how Scottish he actually is. Yeah. He's got that kind of... He's got that kind of almost, um, it's not fully American, 
You know what I mean? But he's got that kind of you you believe he's he's lived in America all his life sort of accent, but not originally from there. Um which I, I love. I've started to get on this succession thing that everyone keeps telling me is absolutely yeah. amazing. And, and it, it's winning all the awards. And no doubt it'll be amazing. But I saw an interview with him recently where uh, someone was saying um, he, was, he was being interviewed on one of these daytime TV shows because he, he's very political in the UK. He's so like the very, very left-wing politics, uh, which is one more reason, if you're me, to enjoy him. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, he's... Uh, he was on to talk about that, but in the interview, the, word, the interviewer made a foolish mistake about basically saying, you know, you've landed the role of your career and in, in the succession and, you know, you know you're getting all the, the, the fame and accolades and, and stuff like that. So late into your career now, and he kind of stopped the guy and he's like that, I've had a really good career and it's been long. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I've I've never been short of roles. I've you know I've I've had a varied career and done lots of different things. Yes, this is very very popular and very very successful. But you know my body of work speaks for itself. And I was like, you tell him Brian Cox, you have a fucking incredible body. You go back and look at what that guy's done. It's everything from tense thrillers through to to action to drama. He was fucking Hannibal Lecter with a K. God damn it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think he's like I, I just love the idea. This guy clearly hadn't done his research and got schooled. So yeah, I I haven't watched Succession either. I'm still trying to get through Archive 81. I finished it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed when it ended. And yeah. um, if they decide to do, they kind of left the ending in a way where they could do another season, or they could just leave it where it is. If they did another season, I'd 100 percent watch it. So I've enjoyed. I mean, obviously, the fact that Benson and Moorhead have a lot to do with the the show. Is... Yeah, well, the, their episode <laughs> in particular was fucking incredible. So yeah, and I, I there is a pace to the series mm. that I appreciate, but I don't think it propels me through it. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I like yeah. the fact that it's kind of measured and so forth. And it's very, it's got a very quiet tone, and everyone's mm-hmm. very subdued uh, until a woman starts clawing her face off. And such a great scene, though. It, no, that was terrific. And there are things I really dig about it. And I'll probably finish this weekend, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's worth it's worth putting. It's worth getting through it to put it away, if you know what I mean. But I think you'll enjoy it. It gets very goofy towards the end, but in a way that I kind of enjoy. And like I say, the setup could be such that we could revisit. And if we did, it'd be interesting to see how they do that but at the same time if they don't and they leave it as a kind of well this doesn't exactly have the happiest ending in the world i'd be cool with that as well so all right well speaking of shows that you just can't (laughs) help but watch uh let's get to this episode of slasher season four episode two uh entitled the sins of the father or in german the sins of the father um i don't know (laughs) i don't speak german uh it's faja faja der sins uf der faser um das boot um yes um uh wolfgang peterson i think is how you pronounce it um anyway so (laughs) directed never-ending story a lot of people don't know that yeah, well, you know, yeah. how do you follow up Das Boot by killing a horse? Yeah, <laughs> a beloved horse. Yeah. And a pit of sadness, Bo. 
scarring every child forever. That truly was one of those things that when you're a kid, you're like, the horse fucking dies? <laughs> it's not even that the horse died. The horse died because it was sad and gave up. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's rough. That's that's like that's. That, I, don't I still like we. I, I don't know if I don't. We watched like I'm. I'm getting the we one into watching more movies. Like like just kind of getting our like we're doing the Lord of the Ring movies. I told you before. Yeah. We just finished that second one. The CGI is worse than the first one, so I don't know how they did that. Um, but we're we're powering through that because the TV show is coming out later in the year, and I want to be able to watch that with her. And we're, but we're picking off certain things that I think she should have seen. And last year we watched a lot of the movies that I grew up watching as a kid. So you're passing that on a lot of those kind of eighties classics, like Flight of the Navigator. Mm. Um, and we we sat down and watched the Never Ending Story, and she howled when the horse died, and I was like, "This is just universal misery." Yeah, when this this knows no generation, like she was sitting and watching, and she absolutely howling and hugging into me, and is the horse going to be okay? And I was like that uh, at the end, like uh, we'll get to the because at the end the horse comes back alive, obviously, because but like try to then. Like, because that happens early in the movie. Try to convince her to watch another hour where potentially everyone can die. She's like, you lied to me, Dad. You said this would be a fun time. Um, you said this would so, be a happy place. Yeah, you said this was a great movie, Dad. And I was like, yeah. It just, but also just made me realize how different cinema is now. Yeah. It, it's, For kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right. They're much more aware of the fact that maybe we shouldn't traumatize children, but also, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you decide if that's good or bad. Um. Anyway, all right. Slasher. Yeah, uh, get back to slasher. Sins of the Sins of the Fasher. So it starts out with where we ended the last episode, where Vincent, the abducted and long lost son, has shown up. And I love as well. I did not know he was a twin. I don't know if they mentioned he was a twin. Uh, who cares? Uh, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't say who cares, but also who cares? Um. Yeah. But. <laughs> I like that this starts off with Florence, the mother, just shoving Theo out of the way. Like, oh, yeah, get yeah, out get, of here. Get the, get the fuck out of the way, son, that I don't love as much as my missing son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and so she's like, oh, my God. You know, I, I can't believe you're here. She's hugging him. She's kissing him. And he says, oh, yeah, well, it turns out that David Cronenberg knew. Such for- a Cronenberg move. Yeah. Such a dickhead move, dude. This is amazing. He knew for months that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that he found yeah, me found a him. month ago and paid for me to arrive on the island. Yeah. And she she's like that. So he knew, like for a month, and like Theo's like, who cares? He's here now. She's like, he knew for a fucking month and he didn't tell me. And she starts going crazy. And she, I'm like, you know what? We're gonna go up there and give him a piece of our mind. That's what. Isn't that right? Everyone's like, yeah, pitchforks fucking flame torches in hand let's march to the castle and give give cronenberg a piece of our mind and dr death who mm-hmm. is like i have 100 no, percent the killer from this episode like i i'm right. now i have i've like even the way the killer moves like the height she's a tall woman right for a start she's a fucking like she's a big bitch right and um i am now like don't stop laughing uh, i'm convinced i'm now i'm all in all in if i'm wrong then it's the last season I, yeah until I, next year and right, I, can accept I on the chin i disagree but i also don't have a good reason to disagree i just don't yeah, I, I, anyway. I have no reason to think it's her yeah. except that she like she enjoys killing she enjoys death and she's involved with everything a little bit too much but she's like well you can't go and speak to 
your father because he's he's dead. And they're mm-hmm. like, what do you mean he's dead? And she's like, well, he administered the stuff while we were coming down here. That's what he wanted. He didn't want it. He's worried. And they're all like, <gasps> and then all the fake sort of grief kicks in as they all run up to his bed where to conceal the fact that his chest melted in on itself, all someone had to do was pull a cover over him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love when she's like, he wanted to die peacefully. And he's like this. <laughs> yeah, it is Fucking... just a rictus of pain and horror. Oh, it looks like he's seen. He looks like he's seen the ring videotape. Or like... yeah, or like <laughs> he's Sutherland screaming at the end of Body Snatchers. Yeah, he's a hundred percent. He looks. He look, That does not look peaceful, right at no. all. And it, but then the power police starts happening, which is basically that's going to be the the thing for the whole season now. Is like basically how can they all fuck each other? quick enough yeah and this one so that kicks off yeah so yeah right and and uh our cut to credits on the opening is like everybody rushes inside and cries and whatnot and you see below the bed just a chunk of him fall I thought onto it was the his floor. heart fell i thought it was, his, it was supposed to be his heart and i was like that's anatomically too small yeah um, i don't know exactly what they were anyway but then you get the wah, 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 slasher credits yeah. and <laughs> So we uh, we cut from that back to like this parlor area downstairs where Robin and Jaden are yeah. are arguing about how like well David Cronenberg didn't say goodbye to anybody like he didn't care enough about any anybody in the family to say goodbye uh, and Jaden is especially upset by this he's like you know I thought we had a different relationship and Robin's like fuck you. And it, like Robin is a lot of fuck you in this episode, which when you learn why you're like, dude, this it's is not the yeah, like he's overreacting like a motherfucker. Not Jaden's fault by any stretch, anyway. No. But we'll get to all right. So we we start with a flashback where yeah. Robin and Jaden are like super good buddies, and uh, Robin. This is, is only nineteen months ago, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so and he's like hey we're robin says we're we're thinking of adopting a creepy kid what do you we're, think we're thinking about adopting the kid with pika uh dude so, i've got which her. you know for a fact she did not disclose that during the interview by the way i like you imagine like she was talking about, he was talking about having a facetime call yeah that'd be a different facetime call if while she was talking she was eating cans dude let <laughs> me give you my theory of what's going on is that mm-hmm. afra is at least in on it and that oh. she is like an orphan style, way older than she lets on. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 to my in my defense, one of the reasons I think this is because in this scene, Robin is like she's so smart, like she she's got the brains of a twenty year old. Yeah, he does say that and, actually, right. <laughs> And this is exactly the kind of shit that Aaron Martin would be like, say, you know what no one will expect is if I rip off Orphan in this show. <laughs> so put let's put a bit in that. That's what I, a, a pet theory of mine is that Afra that is in fact. my new favorite pet theory. <laughs> is in fact. That moment where like, are these, is he pulling an Orphan? Yeah. Is he pulling a fucking, is he pulling an Orphan on me right now? <laughs> nobody nobody likes it when you have an orphan pulled on them <laughs> least of all the orphan and <laughs> so anyway oh but yeah it and robin is just bitching about how expensive 
it is to adopt an orphan. Fifty thousand uh, Canadian dollars, which to, to does not seem that expensive in the grand scheme. Of I things. wouldn't have thought so, and I also thought to myself, like he, he's moaning because Cronenberg's cut off his allowance, and yeah. I'm like, you're a fucking grown man. Why do you have an allowance? Like the longer this goes on, the more I'm saying that I'm hashtag I'm with Cronenberg. Yeah, um, like his family is all fucking useless, and you know for a fact Cronenberg probably had to kill men with his hands with his bare fucking hands to ascend to the top of the the company that he's, he's running and his that, cold like, icy stare his hands are just <laughs> staring him to death <laughs> well that's um but yeah like so so um like so it, like it, it, he's you know he's cost too much money my dad will never give me it and it, his brother does the right thing he's like that listen like I, I will talk to him on your behalf, mm-hmm. and it kind of feels like Cronenberg calls this. By the way, where's like that? Like your brother's playing you. And we'll get to that later on. He's like that. It's clear. There's a reason he's had this conversation with you. Yeah, it's because he's playing you. He knows that you will come up and speak to me. But we'll, we'll, we'll swing into it. So basically, they're good. They're they're tight mm-hmm. as brothers. None of this animosity that we see here is uh, is existing. Do we get the the Cronenberg bits right now, isn't it? Like, so essentially, we see that conversation. No, no, no. We, we, no, we cut back to the present. Yeah, and it's just a bit with the because this is amazing because Theo's like that. Um, well, I'm not participating in this game. I'm just not doing it. And, well, um, no, it's Jaden again on the back end of this yeah. flashback. It's Jaden saying because he's too good to live and to be part of yeah. this family is like. I apologize. You're right. I was making all yeah. of this about myself. We all lost that's somebody right. today. Um, and But th- that's where they're like, you know, Theo says he's not going to have anything to do with it. And this. she's like, well, you, if you don't, then... Uh, Dr. Death is at the background going, well, if you, if you don't, you are ineligible to get any of the, you know, any of the inheritance. Yeah. And Theo's like kind of want to take a look at that will right so they he walks up and meanwhile they're all bickering and it turns out because uh, they're all at that what if we all don't do it uh and and he was kind of looking at it going you know Cronenberg was a real mean son of a bitch she's got this written that's kind of kind of airtight here we we have to participate and if we don't we don't get anything we're mm-hmm. essentially cut off and if we don't all do it together then his entire inheritance goes back into the company of which none of us are chairman. So right. And so Robin and and Grace at this point are like we're totally in. Yeah. We're we're, we're in. <laughs> and Theo says, "All right, I'll all I'm in as well, only mm-hmm. so that if I win, no one ever has to do anything like this again." Because yes. because I'm yeah. a good dude and I would not make my family. I'll, you know, I'll make sure them. Yeah, you get the impression you'll make sure that everyone's taken care yes. of. Every- Only one to say that though. <laughs> like- right, 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 right. <laughs> but I think you get the idea that Jaden is kind of in the same boat. Like Jaden is a decent dude. Yeah, like we, we, the more we find out about him, which is why once again this episode is just like a, a just a, a slasher just pushes like any light or any enjoyable or any like likable trait about any character like out and then murders them i i just i i don't get like give me what is the matter with having Jaden be a flawed complicated but at his core decent guy character like we've seen in the flashbacks you know what i mean 
Yeah, instead yeah, the way right. that, that the way that's paid off in this episode is ultimately at the end he's the one that's going to be punished. So I don't I don't get that. I I hate that about the way Aaron Martin's slasher does it. Like any character that does anything remotely good or has any sense of redemption is the ones that usually suffer pretty fast in the TV show. Um, but yeah, so they're they're all going to have to take part in it. Um, and well, the, the weird thing about this is, and this is once again, this just sums up how bad the writing is here. We Vincent's back, right? And no one seems all that shocked by this. No one's yeah. like, there has not been one person ask him yet, "Where you been, buddy?" Dude, it takes so long to get to that scene. I felt the same way. Where we're like, why is no one just being like, yeah, yeah, yeah David Cronenberg died. We all, all got to play this game. Yeah, where the told, fuck have you been? Told us, yeah, at least he told us he was going to die. Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? It's so bizarre. Yeah. It's so bizarre. So, but and finally, we get this when Vincent and Theo go to their room that they shared as kids. Yeah. And which hasn't changed, by the way. It still <laughs> right. looks like a kids' room. And Theo wisely kind of gives him the, like, hey, do you remember drawing this picture? Like, gives him a little bit of, like, a, a bit of a, a personality test. Like, well, it, Vincent says, are you, are you asking me that or are you asking me if I'm your brother? Yeah, yeah. And also, it, which he passes, he's like, oh, yeah, I did this. Remember yeah. when I, I drew these incredibly violent pictures? Of Dude, the family like, ghost. There, there, there is a picture of a small kid holding a knife standing over a body, which is two steps away from the picture that's uncovered in deep red. When the stuff starts coming off the wall, you're like, that's a scene of fucking horror. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so finally, somebody in the show is like, hey, what happened to you? Yeah. It's like someone in the, someone in the writer's room is like, maybe we should, should we explain? Do you think we should explain where he's... But he's been. Well, you know, Does it feel like you think people would be curious about that? Are you sure? Yeah. Ah, I mean, we right. spent time in the previous episode seeing him get abducted. It kind of feels like that may have raised a question we might have to answer. All right. Well, if you say so, let's go ahead and write it in. And let's let's do what Steve, the writer, wants to do and do a little bit of exposition. And and so he, but he gives this very vague kind of explanation of like I was I was kidnapped. I was taken to this boarding house kind of thing. And then after a couple of weeks, I was given to this other family. Sold into adoption? Question mark? Yeah. I mean, big question mark. And then he says, yeah. And then uh, there was this other family that I came to know as my family. And I, I, over time, I just forgot that you guys were all related to me or whatever. Yeah. And Theo is like, well, that's horrible. He's like, don't you ever talk bad about my fake family that kidnapped me. <laughs> And, and he does. It does make a. It does make a point in saying like that. Is it just? Is it just me? Or is our mum just a little bit nuts? Like, uh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's from one conversation he's had with Florence, and I'm like, yes, she's fucking nuts. Later on, she starts like fondling him in a really uncomfortable way. It's yes, it is super uncomfortable. And the, the <laughs> weirdest part of this scene to me, other than the fact that it's it, it takes so long in the episode to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. that uh at one point um Theo is like well you want to you want to call dibs on the bunk beds and Vincent immediately is like top bunk top bunk where yeah. i come from you don't want the bottom bunk and you're like what what 
what kind of pea soaked world are you coming from? Or yes. what the fuck there's, were you in there's prison? There's trauma. There's trauma there. There's tra- I was like, yeah, yeah. I think it's prison. I think what you're going to find that it's prison. Yeah, and so ultimately, uh, a bell rings for everyone to get called to the <laughs> the next contest. Oh man! And said so. Florence, uh, meanwhile, the crazy mom confronts evil doctor assassin about this is a great this is a great conversation because she just gets owned like every step of the way she's like how (laughs) do i know you're even a doctor and she's like yeah she says dr phil is a doctor but he isn't actually a qualified doctor yeah and how do do we even know that you're a doctor and she's like yeah well i am and she's like well how do i know he was he was of sane mind when he wrote all that and she's like that well legally he has to be signed off from three doctors to say that he's competent to do that. And I'm one of those doctors. You know what? I'll You can contact the other two if you want. And she's like, well, how much are you getting for this? And like, well, as you know, as the, as the person executing the will, uh, I get 10%. That's my, that's my fee. And I was like, I need to get in on that ball. How did we get in on that? Yeah. Money? Of conducting. Everyone weird... dies, dude. Yeah. Everyone dies. If we can get 10% every time someone dies. I think what you're describing is the uh, the whole funeral home industry. Let's do it. I mean, look, I ain't above it. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's the catch line for DBCC funeral homes. I ain't I above, ain't it. above it. <laughs> you're below <laughs> and we ain't above it. <laughs> do you want, oh, do you want to be buried in the shoddiest pine box available for the least amount of money? I ain't above it. it. <laughs> when this podcasting dries up, Bo, that's that's. The, I'll move to Tennessee, and that's what we're doing. I, look, I don't think there are even laws about where you bury people in this state, so we're perfect. We're like we've, we've got this, we've got this on lockdown. Um. So yeah, but Doctor Tread is like, yeah, he he was certified as being of sound mm-hmm. mind. He there were other doctors that were consulted. All of this is on the up and up. It was all his idea. Yep. And and she kind of she specifically says he sought out me. Yeah. And she and Trin uh basically ends the conversation with like Florence, here's what here's the deal. You <laughs> suck and you're gonna be super poor after the weekend is done. Yeah, because... yeah like, I think she basically tells her that she's got no chance of winning. Like, yeah. Like adult. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> so then yeah we leave that scene for her to go outside for florence to go outside and this is where she's like massaging vincent's rock hard shoulders and she's like she's just like look at look at his body he's just like his brother except for these tight shoulders yeah and <laughs> so vincent wisely is just like uh i'm gonna go over here and do something other than be fondled by my biological mother well we missed a thing earlier on as well like when when the episode starts and Theo is looking at Vincent. That's when he introduces, "This is your sibling, yeah. O'Keefe." Who talks like he says sibling? I think it's a whole like, I know oh, it's she, because she's of the non-binary whole... and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do understand that, but I also understand that Vincent has just arrived, so we can we can dispel a little bit of that and just say, by the way, you know, this th- this is we have another sit. Well, sibling, I, I suppose. 
Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's confusing and muddled, and it's not how people would act when you've seen your long lost twin for the first time. Anyway, O'Keefe's there. You, you would and, say, um, This is our sister. She identifies as non binary. So use 100%. They. So 100%. you're going to call her they instead of she. Yeah. You know, and that's how we're going to, you, you yeah. establish that and, one time. And, and Vincent's like come back on the island and like literally has found that he has like he has someone else that he didn't know existed and he's could not give a fuck. Yeah. Like even when they're sitting together, like it's not as if they're like, I didn't even know you existed. Well, I'm so glad to like, they were finally meeting each other. Like, there's none of that. As soon as awkward mum comes across and starts doing the old shoulder rub, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm 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 going over there. Yeah. And O'Keefe Rightly's like that, Mum, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? It's very creepy. Right. Your dad's just died, and now you're out here with a big smile on your face, just like, uh uh-huh. And she, <laughs> this is where she said, uh, man, I just hate the writers of this show, but she's like, it's a t- yeah. She's like, well, you know, as someone who's non binary queer mom, and you're like, I get it. You don't have. Yeah. Again, this just isn't how people talk. Like, I... it isn't. No, 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 it isn't. It's certainly not. Um, like, but the mum hint, hints at the idea that maybe this is a phase for Keith, and she'll get, it, she'll have kids one day, and all the rest. Just completely, once again, cl- clueless and tactless uh, as a character. But um, yeah, we're, we're we're moving into the realms of of the first game, which we kind of seen a second of, like in the previous episode. We just seen a lot of ropes, mm-hmm. um, but we're now actually going to get the this is your first challenge. Well, there's one other like preamble to this, which is that. Grace telling Jaden, yeah. like, "Hey, you can't let these other fuckers get any of this money." <laughs> And yeah. you need to man up and win this thing. Yeah. And and then she kind of stalks off. And that's where Theo kind of swoops in to talk to Jaden. And both of them are like, man, our family is really like, talk about a pit of vipers. Like they, yeah. these, they're at each other's throats. And because everybody's kind of screaming at each other, the way that Theo puts it is there's not a lot of room for quieter voices like ours. Yes, And I think both of us believe that if one of us wins, that we're going to try to do the right thing. Yeah, we'll do the right thing. And yeah. he, he, you know, kind of silently nods uh, without being like, it's not a full throaty committal, but at the same time, you kind of see that's where he's leaning. Yeah. And and so then that you're right. Then, then we go to this, you know, jungle gym with a bunch of ropes hanging from it where Dr. Evil Assassin is like, okay, here's the deal. Everybody climbs up the rope. First person to fall off is the loser. There's there's not a winner. There's only a loser. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's an extra rope, by the way, uh, for Liv, who is also a blood relative. And they're all like, the fuck? Right. Yep, yep, yep. And Theo is the one who's like, Hey, if if this is true, if this is like if if we know for sure she is a blood relative, she has as much right to this as anybody. So mm-hmm. he kind of sticks up for her, which isn't surprising because he, he seems to have a thing for her. But also now that we know yeah. they're related, is a a real like Luke's and Leia kind of creepy. Yeah, let's, let's let's. I'm just hoping that that doesn't happen. Though. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, um, but yeah, so so Liv comes down. She's going to take part as well. Um, the all climb up. Mm-hmm. on the rope and there's a knot at the bottom that they can put their feet on and then 
the little twist, the Cronenbergian twist to this game comes out where each of them gets what I can only describe as like a bath mat full of fucking road spikes <laughs> put underneath them. So if the first person to fall is not only the loser and not only loses the inheritance or the entitlement of the inheritance, but will also be impaled. Yeah, and you would think if you landed feet first, you could absolutely survive this, but it, it also would be fucking painful. Yeah, yeah, you're like you're not walking for a while. Yeah, um, and even then, you're not walking properly, like normally for a long time. You're doing the old James Can at the end of Misery Walk, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're just like with the cane and shit. Um, and she also like, points out, like, it's also fucking cold out here. Well, this is the thing. This is like because to me, I was looking at it going, well, this is relatively easy. The thing that will get you is when you get tired. And she's like, ah, well, it's already very cold. The first thing that's going to happen is your hands are going to be. But then to myself this is an outside game mm-hmm. everyone knew it was an outside game mm-hmm. everyone knows what the weather's like you've all come out to play it and nunnies are wearing gloves scarf like proper like cold like in fact no one's really wearing anything that would endear them to cold weather and i kind of just thought to myself every single person needs to lose at this point like <laughs> yeah everybody should just jump off at once um yeah this is fucking ridiculous um but so uh, yeah there's a quick like passage of time scene where dr trend says hey okay everybody's doing reasonably well after an hour yeah and then you have yet another flashback where it's once again Jaden talking to david cronenberg about this adoption (laughs) And this is literally going to be a Cronenberg flashback from now on. It's him yeah. sitting at this desk drinking scotch, and I can see why he signed on to do the show. Right, <laughs> yeah, like they just shot this in his den. Yeah. He never left his home, and they just brought the actors over. They flew the actors up to him Yeah, and brought them in, and they sat him down, and, and Cronenberg just was Cronenberg in this scene. He's brilliant, because he's like that, yeah, like, why, why are you here? And he's like that, you, you, you know your brother is playing you, but you know what? I'll, I'll give him the money. I'll give him the money. And Gene's like, you're going to give him the money? That's amazing. It's for the family. It's all this. It's like, I'm going to give him the money. But, and he doesn't, this is the genius, uh, how twisted the Cronenberg character is. He's like, you need to get something from him because right. that's how transactions work. Can't be benevolent here. Can't be walking all over you. You need to get something back of, it, it wasn't even of equal value. It was just something that is, you know, to him as important as what you are going to give to him mm-hmm. and it's as simple as that you do that the money says you don't money's not and i think Jaden's like that yeah i mean this sounds easy this is fine um but it does not have a clue what it is he's gonna get off his brother um and probably you know i don't think that's fully formed yet until he speaks to his severely conniving mother <laughs> like right you a hundred percent see why cronenberg married her <laughs> Right, she, I mean, in addition to fucking the boat guy, uh, yeah. <laughs> is, is a schemer as well. But yeah, and so Jaden, when we cut back to the present after that flashback, and Jaden sees that his mother doesn't have a vest on. Yeah. And so he takes off his vest, gives it to uh, to his mom. And, and Robin is like, that's against the rules. That's against the rules. He is Look such at- a, yeah, he's like, he's like uh, um, Dr. Death, Dr. Death, can you see here? And she's like that. Well, actually... There isn't any rules. Yeah, <laughs> the the only rule is that you can't fall off the rope, and and uh, and Robin's like, oh well, if that's the case, I'm just gonna swing 
towards Jaden and try to kick him off. Right. Now, there's a, a few things about this that make this incredibly dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the first the first thing that it makes it incredibly dumb is his actions in doing this at the start preclude what Jaden falls for later on. Now, you wouldn't trust this cunt again after what he'd just done here. You know, you wouldn't trust him with the whole jacket thing later on because he's actively said he doesn't like you. And he's also actively tried to, you know, to, to swing over to kick you off, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing, he was never making it. Right. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, he swings quite a bit and he can't do it. And that's when the, you know, Cronenberg's new wife is like that. Oh, you know, can never really commit to something. Can always fail halfway through it, do you? Mm-hmm. And all right, and so we go from that from the competition <laughs> to uh, again because we're doing all these flashbacks to kind of show the passage of time yeah. while they're on the ropes, and this time it's Jaden talking to his mom Grace about this deal that he got with uh, David Cronenberg about the adoption, yeah. and she says that's great that he is training you to take over the business, yeah, and you know. You've been the proxy for Robin on the board of directors. He doesn't really seem to have any interest in that board seat. So what yeah. you ought to do is just get him to give you the seat that you're managing anyway. Yep. And Jaden's like, yeah, I guess that's true. So yeah, he's going to have the kids. So he's going to be busy with the kids. So I mean, yeah, you're right. He doesn't ever show up and doesn't show really any interest. So yeah, that I mean, that feels. And to me, I was like that actually. Yes, if you like, there's part of like, yeah, I'm like, like, you're you're these pro, what does that like? The pro, so you're just sitting there doing all the fucking work, and he's sitting back there moaning that he's he's being cut off from his inheritance, right? You're not doing anything, you're making all the decisions, you're you're like, basically, you've got two votes on the board, yeah, you've got yours and his, and Robin doesn't seem to give a shit about it, so like, like, no fucking brainer, yeah, 100%. Actually, right. like, like part of me was like that, you know, that'll never fly because, like, like Cronenberg's going to be sitting up there going, you know, like, mm, you know, that didn't, like, because there's part like where I think even Jaden thinks to an extent that this might not be like a high, like, because he, like, Robin's not going to be bothered about it. Right, so, right, right. is this of equal value? But turns out, Bo, as we'll find out later on, um, Robin's a dick. Yeah. All right. So we'll get to I this in just a I second. I actively hate him as a character. I tell you, who I actively love as a character, Don. Uh, look, what's her name? Paula Brunchetti, Caddy, yeah. uh, uh, who who plays Don, and she's fucking great. She is once more. Ever since yeah. season two of Slasher, she yeah. ha- she was the voice of reason in that season. Yeah. A bit of a, a a crazy person in uh the last one we did but once more back to the voice of reason as far as being the person who understands here is how we navigate this crazy bullshit that your family is trying to pull yeah she's fucking great yeah <laughs> so. anyway we'll, we'll get to her in a second but so we cut back to the ropes where uh dr death has announced it's been two hours now yeah and robin is like you know what uh i'm starting to have a change of heart Jaden. You've you don't have a jacket. I'm fine. How about I give you my jacket? And Jaden is like, "Are you serious, Clark?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah Eddie, I am." <laughs> <laughs> 
And so th- it, it, they do this like swing towards each other. Yeah, and- but he's not like, I'm thinking to myself, one, I would ask him to throw it. Yes. But not be doing the swingy thing yeah. But like God explain to me <clears throat> how how this happens, right? Because the assumption would be he's like, you're, you're almost there, just swing a little bit more. At what point to grab a jacket do you take both hands off the rope? I don't know, Duncan. Uh, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense, but so he Jaden Jaden and, and Robin are swinging towards each other. At the last moment, as Jaden reaches out to grab this jacket, he pulls a yoink. Yeah, yoink. He, <laughs> yoink, he does. <laughs> snatches it away at the last minute, and Jaden then falls, and yeah. and falls onto this pit of spikes. spikes. Yeah, yeah. And so the the game is now over. Everybody goes back into the house where Dawn and Grace are the two people kind of attending Jaden's wounds. And, giant gouge marks at his back while yes. Robin in the background is like ah, <laughs> you lose right. ah, and so Robin which you, you th- get you get out you get an anecdotal story later on for the reason behind this which like made me love David Cronenberg even more but um we talk about uh was it when I was a, a like a kid playing like Monopoly or Scrabble or whatever. Every time my dad beat me when I was six, he would play We Are the Champions at the loudest, <laughs> like the walls, of, which is the sort of shit I do. Yeah. So, well, see, <laughs> see where that leads with your family, Duncan. You're, this is like you're telling the prequel story of uh, Slash. Oh, like I, I can't wait to be on my deathbed and play a dangerous game with my family. Oh, <laughs> like, if only. <laughs> oh, I mean that's real. I've always said that when I die, I want to. I want to leave uh, behind instructions for a scavenger hunt where the the actual clues don't exist. I just want yeah. a bunch of people running around all random like for a few hours yeah. before everyone realized that like I was just fucking with them you know like the real treasure was inside you all along it's the companionship (laughs) that everyone shares uh but yeah so uh (laughs) sure enough uh robin is gloating about like you're out you suck yeah and he and the orphan take off after the gloating is done (laughs) And, and grace is like you should have known better. You should never have trusted Robin. He's like, hey, I'm bleeding here just because yeah. I'm a decent human I'm feeling being. a little woozy. <laughs> oh, my dad's going to be so mad at me. And, um, the, and Liv, meanwhile, goes to the kitchen where her mom is just weeping to herself. Crying openly into what looks like a very delicious tart. <laughs> And, like I'm like you're just ruining that work there, and like like the, this is a kind of weird scene because she comes in and she's just like all this time, mom, yeah, all this time that I've been asking you because she's like, <laughs> and then she's like that, and she goes to speak to her, and Liv walks out, and I'm like, so nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a super short scene, yeah, yeah, uh, just like yeah. oh, so David Cronenberg was my dad. You never told me. Mm. Also, in the previous episode, Liv's mum actively said to Cronenberg, "Do all your descendants mm-hmm. are all your descendants?" Like, so she was actively pushing this. Mm-hmm. So she can't then be like, "Oh, I can't believe the secrets out now." <laughs> also, we as the audience already have this information. Yeah, 
and so what does this scene do other than tell us that Liv is upset about this? That she didn't know, I'd yeah. like which we already knew. Uh, All right, so uh-huh. Robin and Dawn later. This is a, the moment that you kind of fall in love with Dawn all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they run in, into each other in the hallways, and Dawn is like, "This family is fucked up. All of you need to go to therapy." <laughs> I think she says that it's like, well, how about you? Like, what do you get that inheritance money and you'll lock yourself with a therapist for a month and you'll deprogram the shit that your dad did to you? Yeah, <laughs> which is like, like, because you're all still playing by his rules and he's not here anymore. Yeah, and Robin is like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I didn't. I'm, I'm on the path to winning all this money, and she's like, maybe so, but if you yeah. keep this shit up, even if you win, you are going to hate yourself and the choices that you've made. To yes. get that money, so yeah, you need- which you will see the result of his feelings specifically about his dad and a flashback scene coming up. Yes, because um, he doesn't he doesn't like the idea of becoming his dad, or he didn't he never wanted to become his dad, and lo and behold, look at him here. Um, you know, what I mean, it's like, but it's where he does his bit where he's like, "I was six years old, and my dad used to play We Are the Champions loud every time he bet me at a board game." Um, yeah. So yeah, Dawn like, is, I was. The, she's brutal with him. So like, I think good. she makes a comment about uh, as well as like that. Like he's like his head not being in the game here or in the bedroom. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I was flying. yeah, Thro- yeah, throwing some shade about his performance in yep. the sack as well. Yeah, it's like, yep. hey, you know what? You need to pay attention to. Forget about our crazy orphan daughter yep. for two seconds (laughs) who's in the background eating a picture frame (laughs) (laughs) and plotting the murder of dawn so that she can become the wife uh so (laughs) there is there's yet another flashback where it's Jaden telling robin like hey i secured the money for you yeah but here's the deal uh you can this deal once again is not a bad deal yeah you're getting a kid like a kid paid for you and also, after proposing, like, hey, you're going to give up your seat on the board that I'm already controlling, yeah, and then you get the money for this adoption that's so important to you, FYI, this is not my idea. This was it a condition that, yeah. Yeah, that David Cronenberg has made me agree to get something out of this, and this yeah. seemed to be the thing that was the most, you know, agreeable to both of us. Yeah, yeah. And Robin's like... All right. Fuck you. <laughs> He's like, I'll take your money, all right. But this means we're not brothers anymore. And you're like, so like, you're like he's you're like, he's like, yeah, he's like, um, he's just molding you into himself, which means if, if you know, if he's going to make you more like him, that means you can't be my brother anymore. I'm like, should you like, then turn it down, of, then turn down the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Find the money somewhere else. Get a loan. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do, do, do something. I don't know the hard way for a change, Robin. Um, like these are the sort of quick, like if you're going to be that petty and that bitchy and whiny about things at this stage, maybe you shouldn't be a father. It it's head scratching <laughs> to me because I I think you and I are both just practical enough and yeah. also independent enough that you're 100%. like that you're like yeah then you know then you pick up that second job or you do a side hustle to pay Dude, for I'm this like, loan or whatever it is I, that you got to do i remember i remember when um like 
like myself and my wife had decided, you know, we're, we're going to get married and all the rest. Never at one point did I entertain money coming from any family member for that. We paid for the whole thing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, that'll take us two and a half years to do it. We need to knuckle down. This is the stuff we'll do without. But at the end of it, no one gets us everything we want is ours. There's none of that thing where like a member of the family's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll pay for this. Oh, by the way, your great aunt Jean, who you never see, wants to come to the wedding. Uh, you know, it was none of that. There was no, it was just a case of, we just did it ourselves. And we've done that. All, everything that I do, I'm like that, right? Well, it just means I'm going to have to go without this, this, and this for the next couple of months, but I'm going to, like, so the fact that he's sitting there um, moaning about this, like, you know what? Maybe be more active in your father's company, sit on the fucking board, earn some money, and then get a kid. Yeah. Or uh, do what they're proposing, which is sell off your seat, because if what's more important to you is adopting this orphan, 100%, then that's that's your priority. You sell off your seat, raise this kid, and live a life, and don't worry about the money. Like, yeah, it sucks, you know, but at the end of your life, you can be like, hey, I live by my my own terms. Yes, and raise the family 100%. that I want. Anyway, it's just, it makes Robin so intensely unlikable and also and just it makes, crazy. Yeah, it makes Jaden at the same time immensely likable as a character. Yeah. But uh, as Which, you, once again, why do we have to kill these likable characters yeah, uh, and be uh, left with nothing but fucking villainy? Apparently, Aaron Martin is a big Florence and the Machine fan and decided <laughs> that there would be no light, no light. <laughs> and, and so we go to Dawn, Jaden, and Grace. Yeah. Who are heading out to some bunker that so this was the bunker that we saw in the flashback in the first episode, which contained the Indiana Jones like <laughs> gold bar where you had to yeah. replace it with a bag of sand. Otherwise you'd be electrocuted to death and a boulder would crush you. Um but this island is becoming very lost, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like now we have it, like, and we need to know what the combination is. Um, but like, it's all locked up, um, and it has a keypad, and they're like, "This has a keypad now." And Grace is like, "Yeah, like your dad went all kind of, you know, we need to have a security room." Um, which you would have thought he would have had after a child had been abducted from his island 25 years before, but that's fine. Uh, he's, he's been a bit paranoid. And she's other, like that, other and, things on his plate. Yeah, and she's like, with the, the you know, all the other stuff that I wasn't aware of, you know, like him killing himself and all the rest. Would you believe it? He didn't actually give me the code to unlock the door either. Um, which, this is Chekhov's keypad. This is going to play something later on. Also, why, I mean, they're looking for a, uh, 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 a first aid kit for Jaden is yeah. the whole reason. Because apparently they only have one first aid kit in the entire mansion, and it's from the E's. Right, but why haul your bleeding son out there if you, you don't know don't, the combination yeah. of the keypad? <laughs> you, like, like you leave him there. Yeah, uh, you, you don't. You don't go. You you one hundred percent don't drag him out there. So while they're out there, Don looks over and she's like, "What the fuck?" Um, and the killer bold as brass. With witnesses this time who see the killer. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like this is unlike every other season where the killer's reveal is you know you'll pick off lots of people in the individually and then we'll find out later on when we find all the bodies. No, 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 no. We're going up front with this one, and we'll get into why that is incredibly fucking stupid at the end of this episode. But Don's like, 
and then they all see the so they walk up to him, bold as brass. Uh, they walk up to who I'm calling Doctor Death, mm-hmm. um, and as they get close, um, she's like, "I'm just going to take this mask right off you." And as she leans towards it, out comes a knife, Hassa! like a Ginzu knife right across her arm, which Don's like, "What the fuck?" And so she legs it. And then we have Grace and Jaden, like, oh, oh, shit. So they start running off, and, uh, like, like Dr. Death chasing after Grace, um, and almost got Grace. And then Jaden kind of rugby tackles, um, like, the, the killer over, and then he's like, oh, shit, oh, shit. So then he starts running, so the killer's running around with a knife chasing after Jaden. Um, and because, apparently, we only have one set that we can kill people in this season, we end up back where fucking our, our Quint wannabe guy was. We're back down at the dock. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, and and Jaden runs into this boathouse or whatever. Yeah, which doesn't have exits. So he basically corners himself. Yeah. And the killer the finds him and just kind of, you know, cracks his head against the wall to knock yeah. him out. Yeah. And so Dawn, meanwhile, again, the <laughs> voice of reason, runs into the house being like, there's a fucking killer on the island. We need some help. Like, there's a bit where she's like, she does a lot of screaming. And she's like, where the fuck is everyone? Like, yeah. <laughs> and so, I'm like, yes, where is everyone? Because we were second. It's red herrings, Obo. Well, all right. We're setting up red herrings. So she calls everybody to go look for him. Vincent, yep. notably not there. Yes. Uh, Dr. Death, not there. Yes. Afra, not there. Yes. Um... Who else wasn't there? It's, Housekeeper's not there. The housekeeper is not there. Um, I, no, Dr. Death is there because she's got the croquet mallet. No, she walks down with them, but she isn't in the room when she's doing the calling. Okay, yeah, okay, fair enough. So, anyway, so the, the, uh, this group of miscreants is off to find Jaden, who wakes up and is on a homemade rack in this boathouse. Ah. Uh. And so he starts screaming. Grace hears that. She runs into the boathouse where she finds him. And then Theo hears that scream. And he's it's like, like it's the old shed. <laughs> it's the old family it's literally shed. His words. Yeah. It's literally his words. Like it's a Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah. And so they, they all rush into this shed where... Uh, Jaden is tied to uh, these steel cables that are yes. pulling his limbs asunder. Mm-hmm. And uh, as this thing starts to turn, there is that one flashback where David Cronenberg uh, gets the news from Jaden like, oh, yeah, I, by the way, I got the deal. Like, you know, yeah. you're, you need to pay Robin his money. Pay the man his money. Uh, because he's he's secured this board seat and david cronenberg says i'm proud of you showing your killer instinct yeah and then back to the boathouse or the shed the old shed the old family shed where old family shed (laughs) Jaden is now like pulled apart like his knee goes then his arm then another arm and as, yeah, there's a great scene where we'll get, like, the Liv is beside one of the arms that's being torn out and her face just gets sprayed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and <laughs> again, so like the thing that sh- that uh, uh, Slasher does right is yeah. when it does these scenes, it gets really bloody it's all and practical. gory. And, yeah. yeah, it's this good. This was all practical. It was really, really well done. And then Grace screams, realizing that her son is now dead. 
Yeah. End of episode. Yep. So, so, so why? Let me just get something out here. Why is it so stupid to reveal the killer um, as like there is a killer on the island picking them all off, mm-hmm. right? And the big reason behind that is in no way, shape, or form would anyone remain on the island. So, if the next episode doesn't start with them trying to get on the boat and get off the island and finding the boat's been destroyed or whatever, then I'm calling bullshit in the whole thing. Right. But in typical slasher fashion, that will probably happen, but it'll happen like three quarters of the way through the episode. Oh, yeah, towards the end yeah. when they'll find that uh, what's his face is missing. Because no one's asked what happened to the fisherman yet. Right. Like the boat guy. And no also, asked- the killer apparently cleaned all that up because there was no, you know, aside from what, Jay was like, stepping on a yeah, gut. Yes, stepping on like, what looked like a little bit intestinal track. That was a, literally about it. But yeah, like I think this is, I think it's given away too quickly because there's nothing stopping the group now. Like sitting all in the same room together, weaponing themselves up, you know, I'd like try to do some comms off the island of some description, unless they've all been, you know, destroyed or whatever. And then at the same time, like there's no conceivable way. The Doctor Death character is going to be like that. Well, if we don't conclude this by the end of the weekend, then none of you get the fortune anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. It just feels like too much of a, a push. And once again, she's the killer. So uh, I'm <laughs> so convinced she's the killer. Um, I'm. I'm more... d- All right. Here's my crazy theory. The orphan theory is amazing. Like All I'm right, just going to put that l- Let me let me whip it's a little amazing. English on the yeah. orphan theory though, because I don't. Uh-huh. I think she. I think she is the the person behind the curtain as far as it like orchestrating all the deaths and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think she is working with Vincent. Oh. And that like they met in prison or some shit. Mm-hmm. And that she is like, "Oh, I look young enough uh that I can I can pretend to be an orphan, so I'm going to weasel my way into this family, set you up as the brother." Yeah, and then what wh- what we'll do is bring you back. We'll kill all these other fuckers, and then you take yeah. the money. It's interesting. It's interesting, and it's um, just dumb enough to be true. It's always a hundred percent dumb enough to be an Aaron Martin idea. Like, um, like they the missed a trick. Like to me, like the the what they should do, and I'm not saying that they haven't. We'll find it. Well, obviously they haven't because. Jaden's dead but what they should have done is a real kind of listen our parents are trash mm-hmm. like fucking horrible let's all us kids the new generation band together get rid of the parents um, and then you know we have the fortune but ultimately it's that kind of ruthlessness um, will breed the next generation to be like their parents and that would be a really interesting concept kind of very kind of you know like um like uh, the, the like the Greek gods and the Titans, mm-hmm. you know, you overthrow your parents, remove them all, you assume the position of authority, but you just turn it to be just a shitty. Um, I like so, hearing like, you the, say the, assume the, the position. Yeah, uh, won't be the last time. Um, but you know, uh, the, to me, that that kind of feels. But I, I don't know what it is like the the, the way the killer looks. I, I think it's more the height of the killer. Um, and she like the doctor death is huge <laughs> like as a big woman like she's tall and i'm now got in my head it's her all right uh i you know my theory uh i like your will, theory we though. will learn soon Did he just pull a motherfucking orphan on me i <laughs> dude i'm i am absolutely convinced 
that there is an orphan scenario afoot here. <laughs> oh man, if it is, I'm gonna be so fucking happy. Uh, I really, really, there's no end to the the, the the tears of joy that will be spilling down my face as I traumatically watch the rest of Slasher. Um, uh, but yeah, so we'll see. That's us, Bo. Yes, that is us one quarter of the way through season four. Just like that, twenty five percent of the show is done. Um, so a, a couple of a couple of uh, housekeeping notes here Ooh. before we wrap the show up. Um, Keep the house. So, just an FYI, uh, we are now on Podbean. Oh, nice. So, if uh, if you are a subscriber via the Podbean, uh, be sure you subscribe to the show there. Uh, still on every other platform, but just, you know, letting, mm-hmm. letting folk know uh, that they can follow there as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, if you're watching this live, the audio version of this will be released uh, next week, and then... Two weeks from now, we'll be back to talk about episode three. Um, but until then, Duncan, where can uh, people find you and what the hell are you up to? Uh, aside from all the Gamera box sets and L- is it Lindsay? Is that the box set you're on? Yeah, now? Lindsay Baker box sets just finished. So that was um, Severin put that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> uh, I bought the box set. And I chose it to do it. Um, and what I didn't realize is that So Sweet, So Perverse um, is one of the titles in there, which is also in the 88 Films Italian collection, which I hadn't covered yet, which means I'm covering that real soon, which means I've double reviews of that. Which, uh, um, And then the, the two movies after that, like those movies are particularly confusing in terms of how they were named. So the first movie is Orgasmo, Orgasmo was released in America as Paranoia because the Americans didn't want a movie called Orgasmo to be released. Um, So they called it Paranoia, and then it confused things. Lenzi's second movie, he called Paranoia, um, which in America you guys called A Quiet Place to Kill. So I know that movie is Paranoia, which I had already covered in the 88 Films Italian collection. And so about 10 minutes in, I was like, I've fucking seen this. I'm sure I've seen this movie before. Um, and then the final movie, I was like, well, at least I've never seen Knife of Ice. I definitely haven't seen that. And then um, it turns out like three minutes in that movie, I was like, I've totally seen this movie. <laughs> like, not only have I seen this movie, I screened this on my cash channel last year. Um, so yeah, so I chose a box set of movies that I thought I hadn't seen, but turns out I'd seen two-thirds um so yeah that's that 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 box it's been put away though so quite happy Hoisted about on that. your own petard uh, uh did honestly um the yeah podcast under the stairs still doing a ton of different things uh, there's a russian roulette franchise retro on rec coming up so the full uh, the full shebang for that one, which will be a ton of fun. Um, loads of other little bits and bobs for, for that channel on the Teapots Collective. Uh, we have Where to Begin With, which is kicking back off this week coming. Uh, so it'll be last week to anyone listening. Um, we're doing film noir, neo-noir movies for this entire season, 10, 10 episodes. Uh, with the first movie, and I can announce it here, being Chinatown, which... I mean, there's no fucking brainer. Um, so Chinatown. By the way, yeah, uh, uh, quick addendum to that. If you haven't listened to or, or read the book, I listened to the audio book, but um, I think it's called The Long Goodbye. 
is the, is the book that is about the filming of Chinatown with Robert I've Evans never done that. If it's, an audio, if it's an audio bit format, I will do that. It, it, um, it is. Uh, I don't... Mm, keep going and I'll verify the title, but it is absolutely cool. worth your time. It's fascinating. Yeah, it was the first time I've seen Chinatown in a little while. And um, the reason I picked it as my first movie is that it's interesting because like, it was it was known as a neo-noir, but it's 50 years old now. So technically, I don't know if we can still class it as a neo-noir or if it's a film noir, but it's either side of that spectrum is one of the finest examples of that particular genre of cinema ever made. So that's the one I'm kicking off with. Uh, the Big um, Goodbye is the name of the book. The Big, the big goodbye, goodbye, I will add that to Def- my Audible list. It's it, it basically a uh, uh, not only about Chinatown, but also about the end of that kind of filmmaking yeah. that was yeah, happening yeah. at the same time and how Hollywood was shifting away from those kinds of movies. Incredible, incredible piece of writing. I will be checking that out. So that's that's where it begin with. Uh, Chronicle has returned. I'm in, you know, bringing different guests on now uh, for every episode when they pick a European horror movie they've always wanted to, to discuss with me. Uh, we might see if we can swing Bo onto one of those episodes this year, um, which would be fun. So yeah, we've got one of them out already. The second one's recording this month, uh, which will be fun because we're doing an Argento movie. So that's always a good time for me. Um, uh, on doing the nasty, we're continuing through that. Uh, that's always a, a, a hoot. Um, and then, lastly but not least, uh, we finished Opera Omnia, it's out there. Uh, so you can go and check us talk about Mank. It was a ton of fun. Gonna miss Bo, uh, but I have a new season in the wings, uh, with a new host. Uh, it's much shorter uh, for this one, uh, before we pick off another big topic. So that'll be great. And if you hadn't seen, uh, there's plenty of uh, plenty of movies coming out which will get old hosts back on. So I'll have Watson back on to do In the Earth real soon because obviously Pete Lee's got and he's now doing the Meg Two, which means we'll be covering the Meg Two. Um, fascinating, but the, fascinating yeah, I, pick. Weird, weird. So they obviously know something, uh, and I can't wait to see it. But the other one is Peter Strickland's uh, new movie is debuting. Or has debuted actually at the Berlin Film Festival, um, and it looks fucking bonkers. So uh, we'll be getting some Richard Glenn Smith back on to discuss some Peter Strickland uh, and his addendum as well. So uh, all that can be found at tputzcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Great. Uh, and as for me, um, uh, you can also find everything I do at tputzcast.com. Um, no, no, no. Uh, you can uh, head over to legionpodcast.com. You are on a lot of episodes, Bo, so I, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you want just enough out of me, go to tputzcast.com. But if you want way <laughs> too much, um, then go to legionpodcast.com where you can find uh, the other shows I do, uh, which is uh, Pick 6 Movies with my pal Chad Cooper, where we are talking about diehard ripoffs this season. <laughs> um just how is that going by the way (laughs) um just just recorded cliffhanger and that was a really fun conversation but we've done uh speed two uh already which uh is a big whiff of a movie yeah yeah. it's correct um yeah it's it will it's it's all just terrible I, I can't wait to check out that cliffhanger one i've not seen cliffhanger in a long time but my my lasting memory about that one is i kind of adore john lithgow in it he is criminally underused but he is the best yeah. thing about it for sure yeah um and it's also got 
a great Michael Rooker moment in it. Rooker's and, brilliant yeah. in it, yeah. So it, it's like that of, of all the movies that we've covered. It's not the best of them, but it's up there in terms of just being watchable, if, if kind of slight. Yeah. And getting remade. Right, that's, oh, that's currently crazy. in. Uh, but it's the it's the it's the choice of director that's mind blowing. Um, the the director of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is directing the Cliffhanger remake. Oh, great! That might actually Which be is good. Fucking nuts! Like, I, once again, I don't know how you get there with that. I don't, like, I don't know yeah. where we're like. We need to get her. That that's <laughs> so, crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but all right. So, pick six movies. You can you can hear all of that. Uh, you can also check out this show, of course, Duncan Bo Come Correct. Um, and then everything else I do is under the heading uh, of the Dark Parade. That is a, a main episode every week, along with a bunch of bonus episodes, including Heart of Horror with Kay Pollock, as we talk about mm-hmm. uh, horror films that have to do with like love and relationships and stuff like that. Um, we have yet to record our episode for uh, the Valentine season, but we... Um, are are going to do that sooner rather than later? Have a, a good pick for that. Um, Valentine, obviously. No, and we're 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 going to talk about one night stands, and oh, right. uh, so there is a movie that will be appropriate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, of course, uh, uh, what you watching with Jamie and Bo, where Jamie Jenkins, uh, Jamie Salmon's now. I keep calling her Jamie Jenkins. Uh, comes That's on like... to talk about you know just recent movies. It's as always, just an excuse to plunk a nickel into her and let her let her go. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Found Footage Fool is the other bonus episode there where you can hear uh, me try to make sense of my love of found footage movies and my journey through them. And, and the next episode I've yet to record, but it, it'll be coming soon, um, is all about some uh, folk horror found footage films. And yeah, so there's a a trio of those that I'll be talking about. And uh, yeah, and like I said, you can find all that at legionpodcasts.com or search for The Dark Parade um, anywhere that you get podcasts and that'll come up and you can hear a bunch of stuff uh, with a lot of great guests. And in fact, just tomorrow, I'll be recording with uh, Duncan and Doug Tilly for an upcoming uh, episode. Uh, and uh actually i'll be fun it will be fun it's the gonna be a is, great conversation it'll be, it'll be it'll be a riot the movie not so much but yeah and the, it, the conversation will be a hit yeah well i've been doing a listener request month and doug was like as soon as he saw that i was doing a listener request he was like how about science crazed and i was which is his answer to everything by the yeah, way yeah and i was so. like i'll do it but you're gonna come on and talk about it with me and and, and i'm only there so he'll stop posting it on my page okay <laughs> so. fair enough fair enough uh but that is it thanks to everybody uh watching thanks to everybody listening uh be sure you are rating and reviewing on whatever channels that you can do such a thing and uh come back in two weeks for a little bit more of these shenanigans and the only thing left then for this episode is uh, for me to say, say goodnight, Duncan. It's for me to say, say goodnight, Duncan. That doesn't even make sense. Ah!